the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Please subscribe. We'd love to have you with us every single episode. Are you hearing that? Are you hearing that? It's late August and you're starting to hear masks and boosters again. Will you be compelled to wear a mask and get a booster? We're going to talk to an attorney who knows his stuff about this. That is coming up. Now, it's time for some sanity. It's the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Aaron Siri is an attorney, and he spends most of his time uh, in policy and lawsuits having to do with vaccines. And I am learned some stuff from Aaron in this conversation you're about to hear that blew my mind, that I didn't know. So uh, stay tuned. In the meantime, if you want your mind blown, that dark spot on your face, is it still bothering you? What about the liver spots on your hands, your chest, your neck? Yeah, but I've got some good news. You can watch them disappear safely and quickly in three fast minutes. Introducing the Genucel Dark Spot Corrector three-step, three-minute dark spot luxury system. And it does exactly what it sounds like. By using their Crystal's world-famous microdermabrasion before the dark spot corrector and finishing with a touch of the collagen-building Genucel XV, you'll see the dark spots disappear before your very eyes instantly, smoothly, and best of all, luxuriously. What you're watching on the screen are real results in just a couple minutes. That's pretty amazing, but don't take my word for it. If you're not blown away by the results you achieve, you get 100% of your money back. No questions asked, free shipping, free returns. Go to genucel.com slash Michelle right now. Get that new dark spot treatment system today. Say goodbye to the pesky spots tomorrow. Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle with one L. There is more. All three products are included in Genucel's most popular package for August. So you also get the Genucel bags and puffiness serum included in that all for 70% off. Enjoy the experience, the luxury, and the effectiveness of Genucel. Order now. Watch those dark, dark spots go. See ya in three minutes. 70% off while supplies last. Genucel.com slash Michelle. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Michelle with one L. Genucel.com slash Michelle. Aaron Siri and some mind-boggling information on vaccines is next. Aaron Siri, welcome. I always enjoy looking at people's, I guess you can't say Twitter anymore, X accounts, whatever. And I like looking at how they describe themselves. And then I especially enjoy looking at their pinned tweet. So I want to just let people know that you're at Aaron Siri. It's actually at Aaron Siri SG, S like Sam G. Uh, of Syrian Gilmstad, that is your the firm that you are a managing partner of, civil rights involving mandated medicine, class actions, and high-stakes disputes. Here's what I love, Aaron, your pinned tweet of December 20th, 2022. Mandates are the tool of bullies, criminals, and dictators. If a patient refuses a medical product after being conveyed its benefits and risks, 
then that is called informed consent. They were informed and did not consent. Mandating over this objection is immoral and illiberal. And I guess what I wanted to ask you is, is it illegal, Aaron? It can be illegal, and, and it should be, in fact, in my opinion, unconstitutional um, in pretty much all instances for the government to make you, whether by cudgel or by refusing some benefit, to engage in a medical product procedure that you don't want to engage in. I want you to think about the repercussions of that. If uh, there's a medical procedure that you don't want or a medical product you don't want to take, and the government says, no problem, you don't have to, but you can't get a job, you can't go to school, you can't get on a plane, you can't do anything in civil society, then what good are any of your other rights, yeah. right? So you got freedom of speech alone in your house, freedom of assembly alone in your house, freedom of religion, you can pray to the wall in your house. All your rights have been evaporated in an instant. And it is a very real and growing threat because the pharmaceutical industry has learned over time the best way to make money is to have products that are liability free, which mostly are vaccines, and that they can mandate so they have a guaranteed market. And, and so that's why you saw it during COVID, um, you know, the ever increasing circle of mandates of various products is occurring in our society slowly. It's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a very clever way that big companies um, slowly chip away at your rights to increase their profits. And we need to fight against it. It's the frog in the boiling water, right? It puts you in a pot of cold water and slowly, little by little, raise the temperature until you're dead. Death by a thousand cuts, however you want to describe it. But it is interesting. So, I mean, we noticed it, of course, during COVID, um, that we weren't going to have many choices about whether or not to get back. I had to get vaccinated to continue working, uh, covering the NFL that year. So many people did. And those who refused often just said, mm, your job's done. You're so there are lawsuits against Nike and others. Um, was this going on pre-COVID that we just weren't particularly aware? Uh, yes, the circle of mandated medical products was slowly uh, creeping into the adult population pre-COVID as well. So, you know, people say, oh, well, vaccine mandates, you know, have been around for forever. Not really the case. Um, most school mandates even really only came about until 70s and 80s and really weren't really starting to be enforced until the 90s and even then virtually every state in the country for school vaccine mandates had effectively a check the box exemption except for two states up until uh, california removed its uh, personal belief exemption back in 2014. so essentially you know you know when you have an exemption that checks the box that's a mandate no mandate right um it's really only in the last i would say 10 years that there's been a concerted effort to make it so that you can't opt out of the products that they want you to get. Remember, when they want to sell these products, your body is the commodity, right? They don't want to kill you, by the way. They don't want to boil you all the way to use your frog analogy. <laughs> they just want, they, but they want, but they do want to get the temperature hot enough where they can keep uh, getting these products so they can sell them. Now, started with school mandates, then they started with you know certain healthcare workers, then they started certain preschool teachers. Then they started with other teachers. Yeah. And so it depends on what state. Um, but there are now many adult mandates for flu shots. We were litigating flu shot mandates for in various contexts for adults pre-COVID. So, yeah, it was starting pre-COVID. It really accelerated after COVID. So there are places where adults are mandated to get flu shots? 
if they want to get certain jobs. Okay. Yeah. If they want to get certain jobs, um, you know, there's not. And, and that's and that's the way they the, the government will often say, say, look, we're giving you a choice. <laughs> you have the choice. Yeah. You just can't go. You know, if you're in California right now, um, you know, you can't go to school without pretty much. And, and the only exemption available is medical. And you can't get a medical exemption in California because the way that, that it works basically has to be approved by the government. The public universities there are similarly close circle, but the med- healthcare professions are required. And, and so the, the circle is expanding where, yes, you have a choice. <clears throat> Again, eventually your choice will be uh, stay home and never leave if they have their way. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Yeah, welcome to China. Um, So this is interesting because, you know, I, I was born and raised in California and I remember the vaccinations when I was a kid and you had to be vac- vaccinated and up to date, but it always seemed like there was this religious belief exemption. Are you telling me that doesn't exist in California anymore? Absolutely. Despite the fact there's no religious belief exemption to vaccination to attend school. So despite the fact, for example, that the MMR vaccine, and the chicken box vaccine in each vial literally contain billions of pieces, billions of pieces of uh, the, uh, uh, the cell line of the border fetal tissue, DNA and cellular components from an aborted fetus, um, and obviously are implicated in abortion in that manner because they're part of the production. No, you cannot, because you know when you want to grow a virus, you have to grow it on a, on a biological substrate, right? Viruses only replicate in cells. So you got to grow it in something. What do you, you know, viruses won't just replicate sitting on your desk. <laughs> they need to be in a cell to replicate. So they either use animal cells or they use human cells. Where do they get the human cells from? Portofetuses. I did not know this. I'm a little bit shocked right now. I really CDC am. CDC website. If you just go to the CDC. Uh, um, if you go pull up, go to the CDC website, you can pull up the excipient list, the ingredient list for each vaccine. And uh, you will see uh, for the, for so the two we just talked about, for um, uh, varicella, uh, that's the chickenpox vaccine and MMR vaccine, you'll see it'll say MRC5 DNA and cellular protein components. MRC5 is is the, uh, or WI38. WI38, for example, it means Winstar Institute-38, meaning the 38 healthy aborted fetus that they uh, culture from. And the way they did it was, and you can read about this on, um, you know, these studies are in peer-reviewed literature. There's no secret about this. So, for example, you know, the Winsor Institute had like a series of, uh, um, in that study, uh, something 76 healthy uh, fetuses. And what they do is they take every piece of the of the baby and they chop it into three centimeter cubes 
And remember, these, the, the, you know, the lung, the tongue, the eye, the skin, they describe this in detail in the peer-reviewed literature. And then they culture each part of the body to see what is the best, what will be the best uh, cellular component of the body of this, of this, of this, of the board of fetus to grow the virus in. And so <clears throat> they take these, um, you know, these series of, of healthy uh, babies, uh, uh, aborted, aborted babies, and they, again, they, if they're dead, you can't, you can't use the tissue. These babies have to be, the, the organs, the parts of the body that they're then using have to all be alive. And then they then um, uh, uh, see which part works best. So when you pull up the package insert or of these products, or you look at the ingredient list and you see WI-38, that means the 38th healthy aborted fetus, WI-38, from the Winstar Institute, that they finally were able using the lung, they used the lung fibroblasts to, um, to then create a cell line that they then grow um, in particular, the rubella virus for the MMR and for the chicken pox. And so you know, I love learning through this podcast, but I'm terrified by what I just heard. I mean, it's 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 um, it sounds like something out of a bad movie. Uh, so, Aaron, I'm I'm glad you're shedding light on this. I I must say, I feel really stupid that I didn't know this, or just ignorant that I didn't know this. So this is this is amazing. Um, let's go from where we are today. We learned a lot through the pandemic, right? And we learned that these vaccines don't necessarily do what they said they were going to do. You know, they promised us we couldn't pass along the virus if we got vaccinated. And if you didn't get vaccinated, you were simply selfish because you were going to be a vessel for passing it along. Well, that didn't necessarily work. And some people, some people I know personally, suffered vaccine injuries. So given those two sort of pillars, how can they continue to mandate or will they continue to mandate these vaccines? <laughs> um, well, first of all, you shouldn't feel stupid or ignorant or any of that. You know, remember the pharmaceutical companies have billions of dollars and very, very fancy and good public relations firms that promote their product. And the health authorities, federal health authorities get billions of dollars. And they also, um, you know, uh, take their mandate to promote these products very, very seriously using your money. So uh, 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 and that's pretty much all that you hear about these products um, universally. In terms of the COVID vaccine in particular, five years from now, and you're already seeing it happen, when you go to the CDC website, it will say that the COVID vaccines are what saved us from this pandemic. Uh, there's what got us out of it, and they're what saved everybody, and every child needs to get it. It'll be, it's already on the childhood schedule. They're going to eventually push for it to be part of the, the, you know, the, the yearly mandate for school. That said, on the point of infection and transmission, you said they promised us that it would stop infection and transmission. You feel duped, you're saying. Mm -hmm. But Michelle... The reality is that most vaccines do not stop infection and transmission. So in that other words, I can, get, I can get a flu shot, I can catch the flu and still pass the flu along, even though I've been vaccinated. As an example, or the pertussis vaccine, for example, there's more circulating pertussis today than there with the widest use of the vaccine. How do we know this? Because the interepidemic intervals actually have gotten narrower. There's less cases of pertussis because the vaccine reduces symptoms but it does not stop you from being infected with the pertussis bacterium from it um, um, uh, uh, multiplying your nasopharynx and from you spreading it um, and so um, not me saying this you can go and look at the FDA studies scientist named Warfel that's the lead scientist at the FDA you can go look it up on PubMed Warfel you can read the studies they initially did baboons and then they They've done it since, and they now recognize that the pertussis vaccine 
does nothing to prevent infection transmission because it creates immunity in your bloodstream called IgG antibodies, but it doesn't create immunity on your mucosal surface, IgA antibodies. So when you get infected with the pertussis bacterium in your lungs, you can still multiply, you can still spread it. It just helps prevent symptoms. So in fact, what it does is it makes you more likely to spread it because you have less symptoms, but you lose contagious. Tetanus vaccine, you can't spread tetanus from person to person. It's not contagious. Okay. Even the current, and this might be shocking to many, even the current polio vaccine, you can go to the uh, CDC website. The old polio vaccine was orally administered. It created immunity to mucosal surfaces that could prevent infection and transmission to a degree. But the current version for over two decades is only given in the arm again. It only creates systemic immunity, as they call it. It doesn't create mucosal, it doesn't create mucosal immunity in your intestinal lining or polypilferate. So my only point in saying that I wasn't trying to go through each vaccine, I go through most of them, but is that most vaccines don't prevent infection transmission and, and, and no vaccine virtually for respiratory infections has ever been successful in preventing infection transmission. The idea that, that, that COVID vaccines was going to prevent infection transmission, that would have been the novelty. That would have been incredible. Uh, you know, you mentioned that my firm, we have, um, we have over 30 folks at my firm. All we do is vaccine work. There's over 60 folks in my firm, but 30 of them, uh, we do vaccine injury, we do vaccine exemptions, we do vaccine policy work. Um, we have the biggest vaccine practice of, uh, as far as I'm aware, as I, I'm not aware of anybody else in the world that doesn't represent pharmaceutical companies. So when we have to litigate this pro about these products, we don't get to like draw upon, um, you know, I don't have an MD or a PhD or an MPH. I don't get to like just say stuff. I actually have to rely on evidence. So we look at the science and the data and the clinical trials, and, and that's what the science and data and what the actual CDC on its own website, if you read it, says about most of these products. So on infection transmission, no surprise to me, it doesn't do that. Um, and if you look, if you listen really, if you actually look at what the formal FDA documents said about these products, COVID products, they never said it's infection transmission. That's just what pundits were saying. Yeah. Well, including the president of the United States, um, who said, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a pundit. There you go. Um, Wow. All right. So, Aaron, now we're getting rumblings. Here it is, August 2023. And you know, I have a friend who's recovering from COVID. There seems to be a little uptick uh, in COVID infections. But as she described it to me, it was like a head cold. So it seems to be evolving as most viruses do. So what can we expect in terms of what kind of mandates might get handed down for a, a second wave of COVID, which they would love for monetary reasons, to be able to mandate these vaccines again? Well, I sure hope that uh, they learned their lesson the first time around. I mean, certainly on the federal level, most of the mandates did not fare well in court, right? The OSHA mandate for the employers, over 100 employees, uh, we did one of those cases uh, that went up to the Supreme Court along with a few of the other uh, uh, attorneys, uh, law firms, and AGs around the country. That got struck down. Um, the mandate on the military, uh, there were, you know, there were, there were all kinds of suits. We did the Air Force and we did the Army case. Um, and, and there was a whole, you know, most of them got struck down for the most part. So, um, on the federal level, hopefully they won't do that. On the state level, I expect that, um, in all of the red states, you're not going to see mandates for the most part. Okay. Uh, I say that with confidence because you have over 20 AGs that fought the OSHA mandate. You have 20 AGs, for example, in the Air, my Air Force case, where we got an injunction preventing the Air Force from kicking out over 10,000 members of the Air Force, 
when the Department of Justice appealed to the Sixth Circuit, over 20 AGs filed an amicus brief in support of our position that the airmen shouldn't be kicked out of the Air Force. You know, five, six years ago when I was doing this vaccine litigation work, if you told me 20 AGs <laughs> would be coming in uh, against the vaccine mandate, I would have, you know, uh, it would have seemed unbelievable. But that's kind of the reality today. I think people are uh, certainly there's been a, a, an understanding of how destructive to individual and civil rights these mandates are. And certainly in certain swaths, political structure, understand that to be sure. If you're, you know, 18 years old, totally healthy, no comorbidities, and you want to get uh, two shots a day, wear 17 masks and live in your basement, you should be free to do that. Because it's America. That's freedom. Right. But if you're, if you're 90 and you have 100 comorbidities and you don't want a shot, you shouldn't have to get it. You should be able to walk freely and go to coffee shop if you want. The idea is to leave individual and personal choice. So I think in red states, you're not going to see it. I think in blue states, it's, it's a toss-up. Well, and it, it, it's a little bit worrisome. It's a lot worrisome to parents like me who have kids going back to school. And I, I'm just bracing myself for this memo that's going to, some email that's going to show up that says, hey, you know, we're going to put kids back in masks again because. It, do, what do we, masks don't work, do they? Haven't we established this? Well, I mean, from my, from my perspective, it doesn't matter if they work. They work, they don't work, they shouldn't be mandated. The vaccine works, it doesn't work, great. And if it works, why do you need to mandate it? You only need to mandate things when there is questions about the safety and efficacy. Nobody needs to mandate you to drink water, to eat food, those are commodities, right? You don't need to mandate people to do things where there isn't a question about safety and efficacy. Mandates are always been the tools, as you read earlier, dictates, tyrants, bullies, you name it throughout history. When they can't convince you on the merits, then they want to force you. They mandate you. They, they punish you to make you do what they want. They wouldn't need to. That's the only reason you mandate. So from my perspective, mandate the mask works, the mask don't work. I mean, look, I can assure you this. If you made the mask out of uh, 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 saran wrap, it would work. <laughs> you will not get the virus. There you go. <laughs> You'll also suffocate. Yeah, you would tell. Uh, yeah, you know, but, so. uh, but but you wouldn't get you wouldn't get the virus. So uh, you know the you can the point is is that sure you can debate the science, but your rights should not be dependent on the science. Yeah, what you know said. what? Here's here's the rub. I I I was on the View and I was talking to Joy and Whoopi in the group about this, and and they said you are absolutely selfish if you won't wear a mask or get vaccinated because you're exposing other people. So what's the response there? Well, well, first of all, as you, as we, the vaccine doesn't prevent infection and transmission. So as, as a, if science matters, if the facts matter, that point is nonsensical. If anything, anything, if the vaccine prevents symptoms, but it doesn't prevent carriage, right? <laughs> Which, then, then, then what do you mean? That means they're selfish. Yeah. If they now entrap the public after getting the vaccine, and you know the proof's kind of in the pudding, look at the countries with the highest vaccination rates and look at the amount of cases as compared to countries with lower vaccination rates. There is a, there is a, uh, uh, the correlation is the more vaccination, the more cases. 
and that and and the amount of uh, you know the uh, how good your tracking system is does not account for that differential. Again, I I don't think the vaccinated should be uh, made to stay home or kicked out of school. Or I mean, look, the, the, apparently based on their own data, they are more likely to spread. So does that mean they shouldn't be able to go to work? Right. Because they shouldn't you, go to school. So they're you're saying, right. You're no, saying that if you, if, if you get vaccinated, then your symptoms may not appear. You can catch COVID, be asymptomatic, but walk around with the virus and pass it along thinking I'm good because I got vaccinated and I don't feel any symptoms, but you're still a carrier and you're still passing along. And see so what I, I, I can just hear the responses now. Well, then you should wear a mask because you're never sure. And and it's just I, I, my head wants to explode over <clears throat> this. And I just wonder where the majority where you think, you know, we're like you said, red states are going to handle it one way. Blue states are going to handle it another. And that that is so frustrating to 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 people who live in blue states who don't necessarily vote blue and don't necessarily agree with everything on that side of the aisle. So. What are we left with? Are, are we left with having to go to court, Aaron? Um, it, it, well, I think there's a lot of ways to deal with it. One of them certainly is court. If there is a claim to be brought, um, there isn't always, you know, in, uh, you know, for example, we brought a lawsuit against San Diego school district for acquiring the COVID vaccine and it was struck down and it was upheld actually at the highest court in, in California but you know the basis for that was that um, local school boards don't have the power, the authority, to require a vaccine, okay. right? As an example, so yes, there are legal avenues. That's an example of one where you can go after mandates. Um, and, and and I would say that for the most part, if you're in a um, in a unfriendly territory, um, your your legal argument in court better be something that doesn't say the vaccine or mask is bad. It should be, you know, um, that they they're, often it's that they don't have the authority or other types of arguments like that. If you're going to court, the other way to do it, of course, is that government can be local. You know, I know, for example, in Arizona, uh, there was a mass mandate. And even though it's, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know the different views people use these days to describe politics. Um, but there were um, the sheriffs in most of the counties in Arizona said they will not enforce that mandate. Mm. Now they're elected at the county level. And now unless the state was going to march in state troopers, <laughs> that was the end of it. So, yeah, the governor could say there's a mandate. So, you know, even the local politics can have an influence. Local school boards, especially if the state doesn't get involved and school boards are deciding at that level. I know places in Texas had that where we, you know, we intervened in some in one or two school boards. We sent letters and that had an impact. So. Um, you, you know, it happens on the political front. I would say this, if uh, you live in a community in, in, in any state and you uh, you like freedom, you want freedom, instead of complaining about the school board or complaining about the local politicians, if you have the bandwidth, obviously not everybody does, you know, it's, it, you know, but if you do, run for the school board. Yeah. Become the school board. Yeah. I can tell you that is something that we did in one, one, one place in, in, in Texas. Where, where the next election, uh, a school board, they just swept. Um, so, and it's amazing how few people get involved in local politics. Yeah. But it's, um, but that is also an, another, another solution. <laughs> I'm sitting here shaking my head because I've thought about doing that. And it, it's, it, you, you asked the, the, the overarching question, do you have the bandwidth? 
And I, you know, I don't know. I, it is tough for a lot of people to imagine themselves there, but it, it, it is clearly it is a, it's a wave that's gone across this country of new people running for school boards in particular because they don't like what they're seeing in the schools. Um, what do you predict if you can, if, if you're allowed? I know you're you're an attorney, you're a legal professional, but if you had to predict the next couple of years in the United States of America, um, will we be facing mandates again? Do you see that that wave coming? Um, and do you see us having to mask up on on planes again? I know that that was struck down by a Florida judge, but hey, uh, this administration will try its best. Yeah, um, I, I my I sure hope not. Um, the, Although uh, you would get a lot of business out of it. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a not the, the uh, well. Um, uh, you know, the, the most of the legal work that we do on the policy front is not. Um, uh, you know, it's not really a. It's not a big point of making endeavor. We do do class actions, uh, plaintiff side class actions for, you know, and, and those of, uh, of a different kind. But this this work is a little bit different in that regard. Like, for example, we represent on the mass mandate, we represent 17 members of Congress, um, including, you know, Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, where we also challenged the mass mandate on the planes. Um, we did that in the, in, uh, with a different judge. The Florida judge beat us. But we did join in on the appeal in the 11th Circuit to uh, support uh, upholding the Florida decision, that's, you know, that, that, that was effectively done pro bono, as for example. But um, most of our work is supported by a nonprofit that we do do in this area. It's called the Informed Consent Action Network, ICANN. It's ICANNDecide.org, and they support most of the policy work. That said, as for my prediction, um, I, I, I still think it's going to break down um, to some degree on, 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 on the politic lines. I think that... Um, it's the thing about taking a position, right? When people take a public position, they have a hard time coming off of it, admitting they're wrong, moving. And yeah. so, I mean, the good <laughs> news is that you've got half the states in this country that have actually, to one degree or another, either by law or executive order, have actually made it so that you can't, they cannot require either masks or COVID vaccines in different contexts. Some do it for employees, some, they do it for different, it, it, it's a patchwork cross country. Um, so it's going to be tough, um, to make it universal and you might see a lot of, um, a lot of departures from one state to another if they do try it again. Though I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, you'd like to think people learn from history <laughs> and this is pretty recent history. So you think yeah. they would learn, Yeah. but, um, you know, I, 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 sh I sure hope not. I genuinely hope not. Um, Last thing before. I really hope. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope not either. Before I let you go, um, you mentioned that uh, these vaccines and in particular, this was an emergency, you know, Operation Warp Speed vaccine. And so the companies aren't liable for these vaccine injured. Um, how how do these people get their lives back? How do they get compensated for what they've suffered from having the vaccines? Um, uh, well, just. Two quick things, and I'll directly respond to your question. You call it a warp speed vaccine, but just, just so you understand that in terms of clinical trials for vaccines, the COVID vaccine clinical trial is probably one of the most robust clinical trials that's ever been done for a vaccine. 
because there, there are three markers for a good clinical trial. How long the safety was reviewed. Here it was almost six months. Typically, it's a few week, few days or weeks for most vac childhood vaccines. Um, how large was the individuals? I mean, how well powered? How many people were participating? Moderna, Pfizer, 30,000 or 42,000 versus often hundreds of thousands in most childhood clinical trials. And the control group in this trial received a placebo. Now, they were vaccinated on average after two months, but virtually no childhood clinical trial had as a placebo control group. So in terms of, you know, this warp speed idea, how long it takes to develop the technology is not relevant. That, that all started millions of years ago. We're still working on technology, right? The mRNA technology took decades to develop. The question is, how robust was the trial in human beings to see its safety and efficacy? When it comes to COVID vaccine, it's very robust, actually, compared to most other vaccines. Second, on your immunity point, yes, the PrEP Act provides immunity for injuries to the pharmaceutical companies. So pharma companies, Pfizer, Moderna, they don't have to pay for injuries. But, uh, but that is true for all other vaccines, pretty much, because in 1986, there's something called the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, gave immunity to pharmaceutical companies for all the injuries caused by the childhood vaccines. There were about, there were only three routine vaccines leading up to 1986, OPV, MMR, and DTP. And they were causing so many injuries that they were going to, they told Congress, there was only one manufacturer left for each. And they said, we're going, we're, we're going to stop making them. Congress, in its wisdom, instead of forcing them to make a better, safer product, said, it's okay. You keep selling your harmful products, so fine. We'll just make sure nobody could sue you. So that's true of actually all vaccines. COVID vaccines are not unique in that regard. I mean, that's what ushered in the gold rush, so to speak, in, in this space. And this is the only consumer product that has this level of protection. Planes, drugs, cars, virtually everything else doesn't have it. Just the product they tell you, they mandate and you tell you it's safe. Now to answer your question. So for those uh, folks who are out there who've been injured by the COVID-19 vaccine, um, you know, there's a group called React-19. Um, yep. And they're out there and they're, they're trying to, I know they've got about 30,000, as I've been informed, seriously injured um, uh, individuals from the COVID-19 vaccine. And um, the, 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 the avenues for, for obtaining compensation are very, very narrow. There is something called the CICP, the Counter Injury Compensation Program. It's basically like a black hole. Um, it's essentially the equivalent of fill out some paperwork. What exactly? Not clear. Um, shove it in a, in a, in a slot. Um, who's going to review it? You don't know. Who's the judge? You don't know. Do you, can you, can you cross examine anybody? No. Can you discovery? No. You have no idea. It's literally a black hole. You put it in the box and you just wait. How long? You don't know. Nobody to petition, nobody to address. Um, of the thousands and thousands of petitions they've, I think, adjudicated just a few and they've given pittance. Um, and, and, and even if you do, even if this government program, it's, you know, does decide that you are been injured by the COVID vaccine, you can only get up to $50,000 in lost wages a year and medical expenses. That's it. So no matter how much you suffer, no matter what other harms you have, that's all you can get. So if you're retired and you have insurance, you're getting nothing, even if they found the vaccine caused the injury. Um, and, and obviously the problem is that until the medical community accepts the ideology of these harms, it says, yes, it was the vaccine that caused this. You're not going to have treatments, therapies that address the underlying mechanisms of action from the product itself. They're not going to focus on it. They're not going to address it. Insurance companies are not going to pay for it. I mean, most of these folks, sadly, are out there. They're on their own. 
um, dealing with what are often immune or immune-mediated neurological issues, which are the same type of issues we see all the time in our, our vaccine injury practice from other vaccines. Um, though COVID vaccine mRNAs have caused certain different types of harms we haven't seen before, like a constant feeling of your skin burning all over your body and so Good forth. Good Lord. I mean, it's, 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 I would really hope that someday these companies are not granted this immunity from hurting people, but I don't know if that day is going to come in my lifetime. Aaron Siri, if it does, you'll probably have something to do with it. And we thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you. Thank you. As always, folks, thanks for listening. Be brave, do good, and we will see you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.